This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Ryan Bruss. Thank you, Sid. Today on Missing Out of Vision, our guest is Kent Henry. He is a worship leader. He is a lover of God. He is one that is hungry for the presence of the Lord. And just before we start, I have to tell you, back in the uh, 90s, well, 80s and 90s, I was doing construction, a lot of uh, uh, building homes, and Kent Henry's music is what I played on a regular basis. Now, these druggies and these guys that were alcoholics and they were doing their own worldly thing, I'd be blasting Kent Henry's music back in the 80s and 90s, and I loved it. They would be walking in like, what in the world are you listening to? And uh, it was it was Kent Henry's worship, of course. Uh, he he has been doing this now for, uh, for over 42 years, and his ministry has touched thousands, tens of thousands of lives. And Kent, thank you for being with us. Listen, I'm totally stoked, Ryan, because I feel like the, the thing you were just talking about, the anointing of his presence will break every yoke. And so I've been privileged through the years to do, my wife actually came three years ago, and right around Christmas says, Kent, you know, she's a bookkeeper by trade. She says, you've done 60 record albums. I said, hon, don't lie about it. <laughs> and she goes, no, you have. Look right here. So it's been an incredible run that people get to know the anointing of his presence that will actually transform their lives and set them free. Now, your book is called Streaming in Heaven's Flow, Intermingling Praise with Prayer and Worship with Intercession. That hooked us right there. I know that hooked Sid. Sid is so excited about this because you you teach us how to not just get into the presence of God, but right. what to do once you're in there. Right. Well, you know, and that's why it was my secretary, Lynette, there's always a personal story. She badgered me for a couple years and said, Kent, you got to write the book. And I do want to just give her props on that. Her name was Lynette. But we actually labored over the title because— on earth as it is in heaven, Ryan, um, there's worship in heaven. And if you look at the book of Revelation, I'm just surprised that more people do not understand there is a model of what is already, what worship, pure worship is. And you see angels, four and 20 elders casting down their golden crowns in the worship of the Son of God at the highest level. So I said, if we could start to stream, which is really how I've always led worship, people through the years, I mean, they've really blessed me and said, hey, you're one of my favorite worship leaders. And what made you different? Well, I host the presence of God while mm. I'm leading worship. Mm. And even in America today, Ryan, I think we need to take a, a new look at this. A lot of churches are so concerned about ministering to their people, they're not ministering to the Lord first. So, well, that's good. Give you, oh, it is good, bro. Because if you minister to the Lord first, and I would encourage any worship leader, associate worship leader, somebody wanting to be a worship leader, to understand if you minister to the Lord first, you're going to have the juice, what I call the juice, the anointing, uh, to minister to people all day long. And so, even the title of the book, "Streaming in Heaven's Flow." 
was was super vital because we're saying we're only hooking into that which is already happening, and therefore it's got its own power on it. And then secondarily, the other title, intermingling praise with prayer and worship intercession, is what the Lord spoke to me. Uh, I was probably 29 or 30 years old, and I was handing a church off to a good friend, uh, Harry Schrader, here in St. Louis where I live. And I walked out onto the parking lot, and I said, Lord, are you changing my calling? And he said, no, Kent, you're my prophetic errand boy, number one. Go where I tell you to go, do what I tell you to do, and say what I tell you to say to you know my people or whoever you're in front of. But secondly, and it was stunning to me, Ryan, he said, I want you to teach my body how to intermingle praise with prayer and worship with intercession. And I thought, what an incredible calling. He, he It was personal. He didn't say my people or my church. He said um, the body of Christ. I went, Jesus, you're the head of the body, obviously. So I went, I, I went and started studying how uh, praise will enable prayer at a higher level. Mm. And then worship actually is the the zealous or passionate base for intercession to run on top of. And out of that, we started praying and interceding at a higher level because we would rarely do prayer without music underneath of it, even corporately. So that's how we got the book title and even the, the subphrase for that. And I look forward to talking more about that through the show. And of course, we're going to talk about your two CDs that we're offering. But now, Kent, it, it didn't always start this way. Like everybody else, we have a story. And you became a believer in Jesus at 19 years of age, 1972. Uh, tell, tell the people at home about that uh, encounter. It was, it was powerful how you got saved. Well, yes, it, it is. Uh, and I appreciate you asking me the question because um, I was um, really went to Catholic grade school. And, um, you know, I did okay and stuff, went to a public high school. And uh, pretty much we were the little hellraisers and getting in trouble and all that. And so uh, when I met the Lord, I really needed him in my life. I look back now and I thank the Lord for saving my life because I was on a really bad pathway. Uh, we were doing drugs already, alcohol at a young age. I was smoking. I was a lead singer in a band. And you can you know where that's going to go right there. <laughs> and so a family, I was a lifeguard at Creepcore Country Club. And this family just took to uh, developed a friendship with me and asked me to come to their house. And so I went over one night for dinner. They knew I played music and stuff, took my guitar. And at the very end of the, the, the evening, it was very cordial and stuff. They shared the Lord with me straight up. It was uh, two of the younger girls that were at the pool and their mom and dad. And they gave me a four spiritual loss track. Here we go again. <laughs> These things have been all over the world. Yes. And so I, I was actually at a, a pickup ice hockey game. I was an athlete all my life. And I came home at like 12 o'clock at night. And uh, my whole family was gone for the weekend. My mom was a beautician for 42 years. So um, cool story. My my dad sent half of his payback from the military, and they built Hope's Beauty Shop onto the house, you know, that we lived in. And so I was, I had really long hair. I said, "Well, I got to jump in the shower," and I got out and was actually drying my hair in my mom's beauty shop. Again, nobody there at one o'clock in the morning, and I I went out and got that track. You know, it says, you know. God loves you, and I didn't know that, And but you're a sinner, you're separated, and God bridged the gap through his son, and uh, I just kind of threw it down, 
and something told me to pick it up again. And so I picked it up and read it and said, you know, God, I don't know that you love me, but it would be cool if you do. Um, I know I'm a sinner. I, I didn't have any problem, you know, saying, oh, I know what my life is. And then I know there's a bridge. So Jesus, I prayed the prayer, Ryan, Jesus, come into my heart. And um, this like peace, it's like a warm oil came over me. I, I was just like, um, you know, stunned. And then I looked up, there was a mirror just uh, probably about, you know, 15 foot across the room. And Jesus came right out of that mirror and like stood before me and began to tell me how much he loved me. Uh, and bro, I mean, I, I started weeping. It, I, I did not know it was going to be that real and that personal on that level. I, I got chills <laughs> anytime I talk about it, which, you know, it doesn't come up very much anymore, but it was such a profound moment that uh, I've never looked back. I mean, I wasn't spirit filled for about another year or so, and I tried to read the Bible, but I, I said, Lord, you are real, and I will never, ever turn my back on you. And by the way, this you didn't know this in the testimony, uh, at 15 and a half years of age, here I am, a high-level athlete. I'm a lead singer in a band, and I knew girls like me, you know, and all that stuff. But at 15 and a half, depression came to my house and stayed. And depression that night, after four years of that or so, three and a half, Jesus said he just took it right off of my life, Ryan. And I, I, that's when I knew that this is totally real. Um, this is not fabricated. I, I didn't go to some meeting somewhere and walk forward at an altar call, which that's good as well. But I will never forget that because I, I, it was almost like uh, – 200 pound weights on each of my shoulders were lifted off of me and I got set free. Wow. And so no, no one after that could tell me, well, Jesus, you know, you just ate too much pizza late at night and you, you had <laughs> kind of a weird vision. No, it was so real because then uh, I could breathe. I mean, it was almost like the light of life, you know, did come into me and I was just set free from that depression from then on. It's been very powerful. That's incredible. And, and I love it. It's just so funny and lighthearted. Uh, throughout the next year, you begin to read the Bible. You started at Genesis, you got to Leviticus, and you got a, you got a little overwhelmed. What did you say to yourself? <laughs> well, listen, again, being from a Catholic background, and I stopped going to church after I was 13 years old, um, I, I got a Bible, and I said, I'm going to read this thing. I know I'm supposed to do that. And it was kind of thick as a brick. You know, Genesis was interesting. Exodus, you know, people of God coming out of Egypt. But I got into Leviticus and Numbers. I'm going, oh, my God, I better go to the back of the book and see what happens. <laughs> think, think about what I'm saying. So Mr. Smart Guy, Ken, goes— you know, if you're on vacation reading a book and, you know, and I, I asked people this, how many of you cheated? You went before the end of the story. You said, I'm going to find out what happened. I got back there, Ryan. I started reading Revelation and went, oh, my God, there's bowls and vials of fire being thrown, <laughs> thrown down on the earth and, you know, horses. I go, I, I, this is worse than any drug trip I've ever been on. I better go back to the beginning. And that is the true story. So th think about that for people listening right now. Again, I thought, okay, if I go to the back of the book, it'll straighten everything out for me. Well, and anyway, I did. When I got spirit-filled, bro, that's when the light went on. Tell that story. Tell that story how you got spirit-filled. It was pretty cool. I was actually um, 
I had a, a, a couple of people. Well, this goes with the story. We had some campus crusaders come to my uh, my college campus. It was University of Missouri at St. Louis. And um, literally, they were witnessing the people on like Easter week. And um, I feel, you know, still bad about it. But virtually, I said, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And when they see me on the other side in heaven, they're going to say, oh, you're the guy that cussed us out, I guess, at work, because they planted a seed. And when I got saved, I met some people who were spirit-filled, and um, I said, man, I'd, I'd like to know more about it. So I ended up going to this meeting. Uh, first time I ever saw like what I call charismatic worship with people lifted their hands. Now, going to Mass when I was a kid, people, it was so closed off and so rigid. I, I went into this meeting where these, these kids were, you know, getting ready to lead worship. And the first Spirit-filled meeting I saw, the worship, because the presence was so intense, touching me. I said, this looks funny to me, and I could make fun of it, but I won't because it's real. I want what they got. And so I ended up um, leaving that night. I remember this one guy, his name was Jim Kapusiak, and they called him Cap because nobody could say his last name. And I, I got with him, and I said, bro, what is this? He goes, well, this is intimacy with the living God. And he because he was raising his hand, he had kind of reddish hair. And uh, I met him and his friend. So there's a whole group I saw actually doing spirit-filled worship that was so real. Well, I got on my motorcycle that night. I was leaving the meeting, and it was a, a small youth group in an A-frame Assembly of God church, and we were in the basement. And I said, Lord, whatever they have, I want it. Wow. So, you know, I'm truly born again. I knew that. But um, it was uh, about a week later I went to this meeting and uh, it was actually a folk mass at, again, the university I was at, and I prayed for anybody seeking the gifts of the Holy Spirit. After that meeting was over, a Spirit-filled Catholic and a Spirit-filled Baptist walked up to me, and they said, are you the one that was praying about being filled with the Spirit and, you know, the evidence of speaking in tongues and having a prayer language? And I said, yes. And I had my leather jacket on, and they said, well, we got to go downstairs. I, I said, well, the Holy Spirit's downstairs. Let's go down. <laughs> but they, they started praying for me, Ryan, and I'm telling you what, that this was some something in the Spirit where I was so enveloped with the presence of God. Well, they started praying in the Spirit using their prayer language, and I was so, like— uh, blown away by that. I, it was almost like a foreign exchange student or somebody speaking thoroughly in another language. And and the one guy, Steve, he bent down. He says, now, Ken, just focus on Jesus. And bro, the Holy Spirit, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. It was so powerful. It was even hard to sleep for a couple of days. And that's the transformation where I got back into the Word of God. And it, it was like a light went on, like a spotlight went on. I could understand the Word. And here's the kicker. My dad, who was 6'3", 225, John Wayner, he didn't get saved till he was 75. Two weeks later, he goes, Kent, what happened to you? You're different. Mm. So when your dad, your earthly father, that proves, you know, kind of like, the power of the Holy Spirit, and then, dude, having it was it was a spirit-filled Baptist lady who said, "Ken, the Holy Spirit's going to touch you, and you're going to have a prayer language. So when you don't know what to pray, 
He'll help you pray because he's already searched the Father's heart. Think about this, Ryan. What person on this planet would not want a gift of prayer language, which was speaking in tongues, that could help lead you every day in your walk with the Lord? So when when I got Spirit-filled, it was Easter night of 1974, and um, my secretary, Lynette, looked it up. It was in April of 74. And the the crazy thing is two months later in June at my youth group, because I played guitar, they said, would you come up and help us lead worship? And I, I told them, right, I said, yeah, you, yeah I'm, not, I'm a street kid, man. I'm, I'm not like a church kid. I didn't go to Sunday school. And they go, no, no, you don't get it. Him who knew no sin became sin on your behalf that, that you, you know, now, now may be made the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. And I said, I'm in. And so I've been leading worship literally. <laughs> Think of this. It says, don't raise up a novice in the church prematurely. But I started leading worship two months after I was Spirit-filled, and I've never looked back. It's been an incredible run. And that's why we're so glad that you're on our program, because we see your heart for worship, prayer, intercession, music, and you really teach how everybody can be involved with with that uh, lifestyle of living in the presence. Now, we talked about your book, Kim. Tell me about the two CDs. First of all, the CD, Fly in Your Presence. Well, that is a brand new live worship album that has, um, it's 65 minutes long. There's really only four songs, known songs that people will recognize and they'll love those, but it's actually the flow, prophetic flow of the Holy Spirit from a live night of worship. It's hard to find this stuff. I don't, I don't sell or carry anything that doesn't have the anointing of the Lord on it. So we spent two and a half hours at a friend's church with a live recording and then took the best of, and I highly recommend it because we've already gotten reports. We've, we've had a, a going since, um, it was back in December right before Christmas, but the reports we got from it, people emailing, texting, said, Kent, we have given this to some lost friends, and it's really touched them. And also we've given it to some people who are burned stones that just kind of walked away from the Lord, and it's drawing them back again. So that's when you know the power. So they're going to love the worship. Uh, they'll be able to sing with it. And actually, um, I think it's important on the way to work and, and back and forth that we stay kind of in the river of His presence. Uh, also, uh, a lot of people you know, on their weekends will use it for Bible study, but Fly is, is probably one of the best albums I've done in the last 10 years. Well, I personally really enjoy it, and I do just what you said. I listen to it on the way uh, to work uh, many times, and that gets you— uh, what your book describes, it gets you in heaven's flow as I go to work. And everybody uh, that has a job where they're, you know, kind of punching the clock, you need to get in that flow as, as you're doing what you're supposed to be doing throughout the day. Well, and I, you were making a point, Ryan, about everybody can do this. It's for every man, every teenager, every woman, every child, because he said, by a new and living way, I made a new entrance into the presence of the Father and thank God we're New Testament believers, bro. I wouldn't have made it under the Old Testament, <laughs> I don't think, because by a new and living way, I, I love this thing out of Hebrews. It says he, when he ascended into heaven, uh, he sprinkled his blood on the heavenly ornaments. Uh, it's hard to even teach it. It's so powerful. But every day there's a gateway, there's a, a way open to be in the presence of God, and it will always strengthen us if we do that. And then your second CD, Songs of Prayer and Intercession, which is one of Sid's personal favorites. He listens to this almost every day, getting in the presence of the Lord. Tell me about this CD. 
Well, it's the Psalmist Trilogy, meaning out of our National Worship Conference, uh, we actually recorded our National Worship Conference with a remote truck from Nashville. It was a good friend of mine, Gary Hedden, a senior engineer. So at Live Christian Center, we had a four-day conference. We recorded every inch of that, every inch of worship. And then out of that, I'd put out a CD in the fall. It was a summer conference and one in the spring. Well, that one conference out of 92 was so powerful, it turned into a three set of CDs. The one that Sid listens to, which is a true blessing that it, it touches him like that, is called Songs of Prayer and Intercession. It starts with I Sing Praises to Your Name, a really cool ballad version of that. And then we kind of get off in the Holy Spirit. There's two prophetic songs on there that are probably the top songs, you know, the top 10 the Lord's ever given me. And so that anointing on there, matter of fact, I've had a number of people, I've uh, been up, when I'm out doing worship weekends, I still do that for churches all over the nation. I've run into people who have 24-7 worship going on in their houses. And this is one of the, the uh, CDs they buy. They say, Can, you can't top this thing in terms of um, the heart of the presence of God and also the anointing on it. So uh, when you told me, uh, and Sid knows the anointing, he knows supernatural. I mean, he's been doing this for a long time like I have. And it's a true blessing that it, it, Sid's endorsement alone should tell you that, it, you know, it operates at a high level in terms of the anointing on it. But it's probably one of the whole Psalmist trilogy was one of our top sellers throughout the years. And when you listen to these CDs, especially the one that you're just talking about, I'm telling you, you feel like you can step right into the glory, right into the presence. You, you've you helped pave that way so we can begin to worship the Lord immediately and, and pray and seek His face as soon as we turn on that CD. And when we come back, you're going to be so blessed learning more about how you can live daily in the presence of God through your worship, through your interaction with Jesus. It is incredible what the Lord wants to do in you and through you. We'll be right back. Call now and get Ken Henry's life-changing book, Streaming in Heaven's Flow, and two anointed audio CD worship albums, Fly in Your Presence, and Songs of Prayer and Intercession, exclusive to our It's Supernatural audience. A total of 20 songs, yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9583. Through Ken Henry's book, Streaming in Heaven's Flow, you will receive supernatural exponential power through the merging of worship, prayer, and music together. Understand how to flow in deeper worship and experience the presence of God in a way never thought possible before. Each chapter will unfold a powerful biblical truth to activate you and other believers into a higher level of prayer and worship. Chapters include Jesus is the core of everything, love, intimacy, and encountering God, every believer's eternal identity, royal priests unto the Lord, intercession, the power to intervene, the high praises of God and the two-edged sword, and so much more. Through Ken Henry's audio CD worship album, Fly in Your Presence, you will enter into the heavenly holy of holies and experience being in heavenly places as described in the book of Revelation. It includes over an hour of powerful anointed worship. The 12 songs include Take Me In. Take me in to the holy of holies. 
Through Kent Henry's 2nd CD Worship Album, Songs of Prayer and Intercession, you will be able to bring your needs and those of others before the Lord in a way you never thought possible before. You will experience supernatural healing, miracles, and the glory of heaven coming on earth. You will hear anointed worship music, including I Sing Praises to Your Name. And so many more. Don't miss out on getting Kent Henry's life-changing book, Streaming in Heaven's Flow, and two anointed audio worship albums, Fly in Your Presence, and Songs of Prayer and Intercession, exclusive to our It's Supernatural audience. A total of 20 songs. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9583. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth, It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9583 or log on to sidroth.org. Call or write today. We're back with Kent Henry, and we love hearing about the presence of God and uh, your your testimony. It's so moving and powerful what God is doing in you. In in for the long haul, you've been doing this so long, and and uh, you you really teach people how to get in the presence of God. And and Kent, in 1983, while in a movie theater out of all places, you in Las Vegas, you had an incredible encounter with God that was like a high watermark for you that that brought you to the next next level in worship and intimacy and in music with God. Tell us about that. Well, I tell you, I was caught up. I thought it was just before the Lord, but it was like into heaven, bro. And this is not going to happen, you know, very often to, you know, a person in their lifetime, if at all. But it was so intense that as I came into the presence of God, um, the Lord began to speak to me. And I'm just telling you the way it happened, Ryan. He wasn't moving his mouth, and I, it was almost like as I came into the light of the throne room, he was speaking to me with his eyes where uh, he said, you're such a good son. And I mean, it was so overwhelming. I, I, I felt like if this doesn't stop, I'm going to die physically. I want, Lord, if, if this keeps going, it was that on that kind of level. And as I came into his presence, uh, he said, you're such a good son, and you bring such pleasure to me. Ryan, I was thinking in my mind, Lord, you know that's not true because I still have this in my life. I have idiosyncrasies. I've got to—you know, I was doing all that. And then it was just like, um, he says, but I love you. And that settled all, you know, all of my thinking that I wasn't good enough. And then as I came before him, I knelt down on one knee. I had one knee still up off the, the floor— and as I knelt down, uh, a sword appeared in the Lord Jesus's hands. And, you know, he said, I'm knighting you into my ministry, healing, uh, power of the Holy Spirit, all these things. And I, I bowed my head. And as that was happening, I thought it was crazy. I didn't have both knees on the ground. I found out later that in medieval times when people were being knighted, that the, the knee on the floor that was, you know, touching the floor was surrender. The knee that was still just half bowed was strength. And I and I then the, the, when the sword appeared in his hand, he touched me on the shoulder, and bro, it was like in a vision. I could I was in a hospital, and this and then people were flying up off their hospital beds, 
And I mean, just miracles were taking place. And it wasn't even while I was senior leading worship, I knew that it covered everything. And from that point on, bro, I have never questioned, you know, if I touch a keyboard or if I'm up preaching, what will happen because the Lord solidified that himself. And he said, I'm knighting you into my ministry. So, bro, think about this. I mean, and and what a touch of God it was for me to give me confidence just to go all the days of my life in his power. And I know there's so many. You and I talked on the phone. There's literally thousands of testimonies. But you and I talked on the phone that through these years now, especially since 1983, but uh, through your live worship and CDs, many people have been healed physically, emotionally, deaf ears open, people contemplating suicide. So there, there's there's a real um, healing and, and a deliverance anointing when you lead worship. Yes. And see, here's the thing. When, when I said earlier about hosting the presence, when you host the presence and he knows your heart is set toward him, um, anything can happen, bro. All things are possible with God. And so we'd actually have these miracles happen. I'm not talking about calling for an altar call after you know, an hour and a half beating. This is happening while worship is going on. Nobody physically is touching them or anointing them with oil, or we didn't get pastors out or prayer leaders out. It, it actually happened. That's why the testimonies, like it, normally, you know, I'm, I'm flowing an hour, hour and a half in worship on a Friday night or a Saturday night people literally would stand up and come to the front and tell us what was happening. So uh, a cool story, which is really poignant, uh, and I was in North Carolina, the best I remember this, I believe it was an assembly got church, and there's probably four to 500 people there on a Friday night, and uh, I'm deep in the river. We're like 25, 30 minutes in, and again, the cool thing about Friday and Saturday night is not like Sunday morning where there's a lot of expectations. People actually came there to worship the Lord, and that intensifies the expectation, Ryan, when you're in that kind of meeting, and uh, the Lord said, I looked out. He said, I want you to pray for the, that guy in the back. And I didn't do it. I'm being honest. I went, wow, it, bro, Lord, this is so so good and so heavy. And then he said it again. The third time I stopped everything, brought the music down. And I actually said, sir, would it be okay if we pray for you? And, you know, it was like, yes, yes, if you could. And uh, we found out later, we prayed for him, bro. He was, he was touched by the Lord. He actually had to sit down and they kept praying for him. And we found out later his testimony, seriously, he had gotten all the drugs that he needed uh, to take his life. Bro, think about this right now. The Lord will intervene however hard it ever gets. And uh, listen, that that really struck me that always to obey while I'm leading worship, public meeting, private, small group meeting— Always obey the Holy Spirit and what the Lord's telling you to do, because it's life-saving and life-changing. Amen. Oh, wow. I feel the Lord. And, you know, you're basically, to me, uh, you're describing uh, your, you when you're—I can hear it on your CDs. It's, it's incredible. But you're creating an atmosphere where God can move. This is so important. Uh, and everybody needs to hear it. atmospheric change because there's so much going on at your job, at your house, 
And when you can come in, he gave us the power of his presence, Ryan, to actually do atmospheric change in the spirit where uh, whatever's been delaying or interrupting even his promise or his blessing, um, it's all lifted off. And that's why I count on his presence. Bro, this is just makes common sense that, you know, as a worship leader or a worshiper, if he said I can release my presence and do transformational stuff, why would we not do that? So I think, again, you know, in my early days, in the, it was 74, 75, and 76, our youth meeting went from 75 kids to over 2,000 in three years, Ryan. Mm. And the only way that could happen, I mean, kids were being transformed. Uh, kids were, you know, coming out of bad lifestyles. And uh, this was teenagers all the way through young adults because there was atmospheric change. And, and think about this. Our youth meeting was on Saturday night. That's probably the wrong night to have a youth meeting, according to everybody today. And it went three and a half hours because we would linger in the presence of the Lord. And while that was happening, people, conviction fell the help of the Lord came. And so that marked me at a young age. Really, my testimony after I was born again and spirit-filled in 1974 is the next three-year run was winds of the Spirit and waves of worship. This stuff is undeniable. Now, you talk about how the Lord's presence is unstoppable. (laughs) What do you mean by that? Exactly what I said. There's no parameters. See, the Lord of life, the King of glory, the King of kings and Lord of lords, we were fearfully and wonderfully made in our mother's womb. I love that psalm. And so he knows every inch of us. He knows all, I mean, our psychology. He created us for his presence and glory. So when you get in his presence and allow his presence to run, I I call it plowing the field with worship and prayer, and let's do that until there's a breakout moment. Uh, the Holy Spirit may say to pray for people or you know, to do a certain thing out of the Word of God, but unstoppable is because He knows all about the realm He created. Of course He does, and He knows all about us. So, um, man, I've seen some of the hardest people— uh, you know, where friends brought friends, and I'm not, I'll never do this, I'll never be into it. My own older brother, he watched me as a spiritual believer. He said, I will never, ever do what you're doing uh, because, you know, some religious stuff that happened in his background. So, where people think they have sealed off their heart, he is the king of transforming hearts if you'll let his presence in a little bit. Isn't that awesome? That That is awesome. And on that note right there, you in your book, you talk about the results of worship. Now, there's a big part that you talked about earlier, how part of our worship uh, is ministering to the Lord. But something is happening on the inside. A transformation is taking place. You talk about there's results in worship that happen to our own lives. Well, and it's the fruit of His presence. The Lord did not leave us unto ourselves. Let's get them saved and Spirit-filled and see how they do. He says, no, I gave you my presence as your helper. And when you look at the power of the Holy Spirit— uh, and this is right why a lot of people try to plan out their 10 o'clock Sunday morning church service, and they leave little room for the Holy Spirit to enter or to flow. 
This, to me, is a huge mistake, because the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which is the presence of the Father, when it's released, if you'll just give it time. See, bro, we're in too much of a hurry. This is America. Uh, Many developed nations are the same way. We've got drive-through, everything. Everything is fast, 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 fast. Well, no, we don't need to do that. He said, if you'll allow my presence time— it will it will change lives again transformationally if we do the atmospheric change and transformation of the heart that's where you have lives then that are full of power to help other people know the lord and i think it's a missing element right now we need to revisit this in a, a lot of american churches about waiting on the lord let's say your service starts at 10 o'clock at least around 20 after, just go ahead and do a deep worship song and allow people to touch the hem of his garment, so to speak, out of the Bible. And that's where the fruit of his presence will be so self-evident. By the way, it makes pastoring, worship leading a whole lot easier when his presence is touching stuff than when it's not. Does that make sense? Totally. And also in your book, you talk about how all of this that you're talking about, the worship, the prayer, the music, the, the intercession, the praise, it was all meant to run together. Oh, listen, this is a huge point, and that's probably the capstone or one of the top things I'm known for is intermingling praise with prayer and worship's intercession. <clears throat> I do training on Saturday mornings for a couple hours, and I can get worship leaders and worship teams in a room and this is not a Sunday morning. There's not a couple hundred people or a thousand people there. And with 50 people sitting in the room, I can get on a keyboard. I play guitar, acoustic guitar, and keyboard. I can be playing on the keyboard and uh, allow the presence to start coming. And these are people that do it week in and week out, and it even transforms them. So the bottom line is when you when you allow space and linger in the presence of God, and you can do a prayer element or a prayer topic or a prayer theme if you want, but it opens the gateway for people to rest. And let me give you one of the quintessential top scriptures ever in, uh, concerning praise and worship in the Bible. This should be tweaking people up. You go, wait a minute, what is, wait a minute, get my pen ready. <laughs> it's Acts 3.19. It says, repent and be converted. Yes, we did that. Thank you, Lord so that your sins, number two, would be blotted out, and we give thanks for the blood of Jesus every day on the cross. But it says these words, right, so that the times of refreshing would come from the presence of the Lord. Right now, Mm. if people start reaching, even the radio program or TV, if you start reaching out to the Lord, you're going to get the times of refreshing that come from his presence, this is the unstoppable again. This is the stuff that produces fruit. And the times of refreshing, let's just think about this phrase. People are worn out, right? I mean, they they got two jobs or three jobs, and they're running pillar to post. At least he said, use my presence to refresh your soul and your spirit, and you will be a different man or woman every day of your life. Oh, that'll preach right there. That that will preach, and I feel like you're prophesying to people uh, as well. And before we head to the next segment, Kent, would you mind praying that time of refreshing over the people that are listening? It's, It's what was on my heart, right? Father God, we come to you right now. Father, we come to you right now, 
and what I know prophetically, I release the power of Acts 3.19 over the listening audience right now. There are some, they, they've got really personal, heavy personal matters. Father, it's changing right now because I say the times of refreshing are on them now. People that are struggling financially, people that are just, their stuff interrupted or slowed down or delayed in their life. Lord, I release your presence touching them, listening on the radio, airwaves going right into their heart and right into their situation now. The times of refreshing, I release them into them right now, Father, and over them and even through them, you bring the times of refreshing because of the power of who you are and what you do. We pray for all of our friends right now, times of refreshing engaged now in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Amen. Boy, I feel that. When we, we come back, there's going to be more of the presence of God and more of Kent Henry. We'll be right back. When people worldwide hear Kent Henry worship, they are ushered into the atmosphere of heaven. to tell you, I listen to your CD wow. every morning. I Huge pray in one. tongues. I pray in understanding. Yes. I soak. I get in touch with God right. with your music. Call now and get Ken Henry's life-changing book, Streaming in Heaven's Flow, and two anointed audio CD worship albums, Fly in Your Presence, and Songs of Prayer and Intercession, exclusive to our It's Supernatural audience. A total of 20 songs, yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9583. Through Kent Henry's book, Streaming in Heaven's Flow, you will receive supernatural exponential power through the merging of worship, prayer, and music together so that which is of heaven comes unto the earth. Understand how to flow in deeper worship and experience the presence of God in a way never thought possible before. Worship with intercession that will help you triumph over the power of darkness and the attacks of the enemy in your life. Each chapter will unfold a powerful biblical truth to activate you and other believers into a higher level of prayer and worship. Chapters include Jesus is the core of everything, love, intimacy, and encountering God. Every believer eternal identity, royal priests unto the Lord, intercession, the power to intervene, the high praises of God and the two-edged sword. When you start worshiping and encountering the presence of the Son of God, right there, faith increases, and that's why people start having miracles, their circumstances change. Through Kent Henry's audio CD worship album, Fly in Your Presence, you will enter into the heavenly holy of holies and experience being in heavenly places as described in the book of Revelation. It includes over an hour of powerful anointed worship. The 12 songs include Take Me In. Take me in to the holy of Through Kent Henry's second CD worship album, Songs of Prayer and Intercession, you will be able to bring your needs and those of others before the Lord in a way you never thought possible before. You will experience supernatural healing, miracles, and the glory of heaven coming on earth. You will hear anointed worship music, including I Sing Praises to Your Name.
and so many more. The anointing and presence of God is transformational. So if you put it in, even in your car on the way to work, like Sid says, pray in the spirit or pray in your understanding. That's the full package to encounter the presence of God. Don't miss out on getting Kent Henry's life-changing book, Streaming in Heaven's Flow, and two anointed audio worship albums, Fly in Your Presence, and Songs of Prayer and Intercession, exclusive to our It's Supernatural audience. A total of 20 songs. Yours for a donation of $35. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9583. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9583 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. We're back with Kent Henry, and I pray that you're feeling the presence of the Lord and, and the refreshing that we felt on that last segment. Boy, I, I feel it here in the studio. So, did the, so does the other people in the studio. Boy, we're we're excited about God, and 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 in fact, Kent, you have a story uh, of something that happened to you about the the effects of worship and prayer. You were at a Friday night meeting one time. You you heard the Lord say, "Look out at my people." What happened? Yes. Bro, this is one of the most incredible visions I've ever had. Um, we were probably, again, about 40 minutes into a night of worship and intercession, and uh, the Lord said, look out at my people. And when I did, like almost everybody had their head tilted up, their hands up in the air, and there were like shafts of light coming out of their mouth. And I realized that is the power when we get in His presence, that's being released. There's light. Uh, there's anointing of the presence of the Lord. As I kept watching this, I looked up at the ceiling, and there was a—just the only thing I, I know to explain it, it was a rectangular, like, glass box. And um, I, I didn't know what it was. It was kind of hanging down. Well, the ceiling of the church became translucent, so I could see through the ceiling. And then there's this—it was kind of on a glass rod, this rectangular— um, the box. And I said, what is that? And then when I look back down at the people, all of the lights, and it was kind of like between the altar and the first row. So all the lights started slowly moving toward this rectangular glass box. And I said, oh my God, they're all going, they're going to hit that at the same time. This should be powerful. And they did. They got there. It took a minute or two. And when they got there, I, I heard this like, like this really powerful sound. And they they all hit that, and it was like light in, in uh, like a tornado or a, a circle was going. And what shot up out of that box was a giant like laser beam into the second heavens or the heavenlies. And it was a dark cloud over the city. It began to roll back like a nuclear bomb had hit it. And as soon as this happened in the spirit, the people, they had no idea what I was seeing in the worship. I was still playing and, and uh, you know, going like deeper in the presence of God, when that uh, lightning or laser beam hit the, the dark cloud over the city, as it was rolling back, I started hearing this sound. <laughs> and I, I'm super sensitive to sound, and, and I was, you know, because I've been doing music all my life, I said, what, what is that? And I could see light uh, ascending and descending, but it was really fast. And it was like the Lord said, I'm going to slow it down. They were angels, Ryan, descending and ascending in this hole that we had made in the canopy of darkness over the city. And that's what the light was for. And we were intermingling praise with prayer, worship with intercession, interceding and still worshiping uh, that you would come bring your great awakening 
to this area uh, over this city and state. And, bro, it was so profound. I've never forgot it. And it was the confirmation. He said, I'm showing you what deeper worship intermingled with praise and prayer uh, or with prayer and intercession, what it will do over a city. And if you'll keep doing it, angels will be released at a high level. And they're my messengers and, you know, whatever they're bringing to the earth and going back and forth. So it almost fell off the piano bench, bro. (laughs) Based on that vision, I don't think we really understand the power of what we're doing in that moment and especially corporately. Now, uh, if you would, Ken, uh, talk about just privately. Here I am, let's say, sitting in my home. Let's say it's like what you talked about. You've got the two or three jobs. We've got the wife, the kids, the school, and all that going on. So how do I begin to push through that canopy that I that people may be feeling over their home, over their life, based on what you just said there? With How do we do that on a personal level? Well, well bro, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, many years ago— I've been a session singer since I was 17, 18 years old. I didn't get saved till I was 19. And, you know, so I'm a Pro Tools engineer. I know all about the studio. And I one day I was working on a, it was a cassette back in the day. It was the, uh, uh, there was a stereo master for this recording. And I said, Lord, oh my God, thank you that you allowed us to capture your anointing on a recording that it could be played over and over again. Ryan, think about this and people listening. What if the Lord would have said, the only way you can actually know my anointing is you've got to go live to a certain building or maybe in your house or whatever. And it just startled me because they said, God, you honored us in the fact that as we worship you, so, you know, you got Bluetooth now, you've got iTunes, but make sure you keep worship going in your life day by day. The answer to your question Everybody does have some time, Ryan, and you've got to take some of your some time and sit before the Lord 15, 20 minutes. Just just give me 15 or 20. Give the Lord 15 or 20 minutes, and, and you'll have a decompression. And when I'm talking about the reason I brought up the story about cassettes and CDs is that you can have that in your home or your car um, and actually play that because a lot of people, I mean, they don't necessarily sing at a super high level. It all is, sounds great to the Lord. But if you've got your favorite CDs or whatever, keep that stuff going and then get a devotional time. This is so lacking, Ryan, in, in the American believer's life. Please commit. And I'm not asking for an hour. You know, a lot of guys get all excited. And, you know, if you could give two hours a day, Lord, there's no way you're going to have average believers doing that. But 15 or 20 minutes will give you that time to clear the deck and actually start to hear the voice of the Lord. He will speak to you if you'll dedicate. And you can do it in the morning or do it at night before you go to sleep, unless you're just going to pass out. But find some spot in the road. Everybody has some time to dedicate and just say, God, I'm sitting here. You don't have to talk. You don't have to generate anything. But if you have a worship CD or something like that going and decompress and let the Lord speak to you by giving Him a little bit of your day. It's called devotion to the Son of God. And you have a uh, real unique uh, example of how to clear that pathway, take irons out of the fire, you know, be, you know, set yourself up for success, so to speak. Uh, what, what was that story that happened with you? Well, as I, I think about people who have lived a life before the Lord— I remember uh, being Catholic, there were uh, nuns that were called cloistered nuns, 
And um, these were women who dedicated their life to serving the Lord within, you know, the four walls of their con- convent or monastery, even living under, you know, like vows of poverty, chastity, and that kind of stuff. But they voluntarily chose to leave mainstream society to be in a place where they lived adoration to the Lord. And devotion adoration, right, is so important. It made such an impression on me that they they actually, even societally, they committed their lives to tending to the Lord. And again, if, if a lot of people know about cloistered nuns, but it, it so touched me later on when when I knew the Lord and knew about worship. He said, I want you to live monastically before me, like, like a monk in a monastery. I, I was actually praying one day in the prayer room. I said, Lord, um, that's very interesting. I have three children at that point. I think I had three or four grandchildren. How would I live monastically or as a monk? He he said, it's because you're going to dedicate. You're too busy. You have too many irons in the fire. Take some out. And where you would have been busy doing those things, and listen, if this doesn't speak to everybody today, and and here's what we do. We we kind of get our commitments lined out, and then we overcommit, and we got to back down a little bit. So it's kind of a balancing act to find the equilibrium of it. But out of that story, everyone today, and Father, we pray it. We ask you right now just to speak to every heart. Where are they too busy, Lord? Where is there so much going on? And just that they could breathe again and just slow down a little bit and then speak to every heart about devotion and adoring you, Lord, on a daily basis and let them know the power, the transformational power that would be on that. And Lord, we are so excited that you made this new and living way for us. And so speak understanding, Lord, and knowledge of what it means to live devotionally before you in a really busy world. We commit this into your hands, Father, in Jesus' name. How about that? How about that? Uh, let me let me ask you this. You, you teach that Jesus, and we know this, but Jesus is the core of everything. But what you teach is simply beholding a portion of who he really is, that alone is enough to change us for a lifetime. I mean, you do the math, you've been saved for many, many, many years now. And that story you told at the beginning of this interview, it still is shaking you. You still get chills when you tell it. So talk about how Jesus, in the midst of the worship and the prayer and the intercession and the music, that Jesus is the core of everything. Well, here's one. There's two phrases, Ryan, that keep coming back to me through the years. Do you know who he is? Do you know him for who he is? And do you understand what he does? And I still see a lot of worry and fear and anxiety on people. And basically, when you get to know him for who he is in all the names of Jesus and the Bible and Messiah, and when you know what he does, it automatically puts you in a greater place of, you know, just relaxing before the Lord. Uh, But as we actually dedicate, you know, time to Him, simply beholding a portion of who He really is, is enough to change us for a lifetime. And so some of my own personal worship times, um, and there's nobody in the room, I could be on my acoustic guitar on a piano, and, and this is why I developed worship is a lifestyle, Ryan, not an event. And I knew we'd get to this sooner or later on the radio interview. Worship is not an event. The, the thing that bothers me today about our busyness, and even a lot of church services on Sunday morning, you can turn on for that and just turn it off when you go out the door an hour, hour and a half later. 
so if, if people will listen, just hear this this one truth, worship is a lifestyle and not an event, and then start working toward that. Because when you behold the Lord, I mean, some of the stuff that maybe it's not the highest visions I ever had, where I was just quiet, maybe just playing a little bit of piano or guitar, and the Lord began to speak to me those revelations. He said, Ken, this is who I am. You don't know this yet. And so there's that beholding the Lord in this scripture, Ryan, again, top scripture, Old or New Testament, Psalm 27, verse 4. And many people, this is one of their favorite Psalms. David said in verse 4, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, uh, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on his beauty and inquire in his temple. I, I'm asking people to think about lifestyle worship and become a gazer unto the Lord. And this I teach it this way because David is like one of my seriously heroes of the faith out of the Bible. And uh, when he said one thing, I had my pen ready. This was many years ago in my 20s. Okay, David, one thing. Okay, we're ready. What is, and then he said three things. I said, bro, you're throwing me off. <laughs> okay, so I guess it's 1A, 1B, 1C. So 1A is to, to be presence dwellers. I will be known now forever. And when I cross over, I was a one that dwelled in the presence. That's 1A. 1B is to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple is the sea. But gazing, I feel like we need to go back to that. And here's a cool example or understanding it, Ryan. If you go to Paris, France, to the Louvre, probably the greatest art museum on the planet right now, when you get there, they're going to give you a headset and you're going to rush right through all the you know, the no, no, you're not. You're going to slow down. They have little seats there that you can sit in because you're going to gaze at, let's take Leonardo da Vinci, one of the most incre incredibly genius, creative people. They said his paintings, Ryan, had 27 layers of lacquer on them. It's called The Mist and the Mysteries. When you're there and you gaze at a Leonardo da Vinci painting, it's going to change. If you sit there for 20 minutes as the light changes, the picture will change before your eyes. Wow. Think about that's a wow. low-level example of what if you gaze at the Lord, oh my God, bro, you're going to have volumes of revelation and stuff that's just going to solidify your walk with him I, I better stop, bro. It's, <laughs> it's so good. I hope people get this, though. Get, become a gazer unto the Lord. I, I love that. I, I really do. That's one of my favorite things to do with the Lord is just to enjoy Him as He's enjoying me and as I enjoy Him. And Now, uh, to round this whole interview out, uh, your book, Streaming in Heaven's Flow, Intermingling Praise with Prayer, Worship, with Intercession, your CDs, Fly in Your Presence, and songs of prayer and intercession, one of the most talked about verses about what you're saying in the New Testament is Colossians 3.16, that we're supposed to let the word of Christ dwell in our hearts richly, uh, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. What does that mean to you, uh, Can a worship leader? How do we do that every day? Well, and this is very powerful. And Ryan, you know, this is so cool because the Lord led me to the scriptures that would help people go deeper. And when you look at Colossians, and by the way, the same thing is said in Ephesians 5. When you see a scripture that's almost verbatim repeated twice in the scripture, pay attention. So here it is literally, let the word of Christ, this is Paul the Apostle, 
And uh, this is just a, a fun thing my, my friend taught me. The four small epistles, go eat popcorn, is Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. <laughs> so he, he had four little books he wrote to four distinct groups of people. But to the Colossians, he wrote, let the word of Christ dwell richly in you guys. And Apostle Paul, how would you want us to do that? Well, it's going to be in all wisdom, and you're going to teach and admonish one another in uh, like hour and a half long preachings. And no, it doesn't say that. It says, I want you to teach and admonish one another by singing psalms to one another, sing your gospel songs or your hymns, and then the third category is, would you sing the spiritual songs, that is, the songs of heaven to one another with thankfulness into your heart, and you're going to grow. And this is a pattern for all New Testament believers. So here it again, he said, what I'd like you to do, actually, I think it was the message or the Amplified, says, I'd like you to let the words of Christ get deep in your heart. Okay, Paul, and how are we going to do that? He goes, well, you're going to actually teach and admonish one another, not with uh, a Bible study, I do believe in that, not with your small group, but do it by singing the songs of david psalms is actually defined in colossians 3:16 he said sing the songs of david and all the psalms and by the way there's 150 in your bible if you do one a day you can cover a whole year now some of them are longer you're going to split them up but the, sing the songs of david to one another until the words of christ get deeply in your heart then he goes go ahead and sing your hymns or your gospel songs to one another and let the word of christ dwell richly in you and finally release the spiritual songs. I love this category, right? He said, release the songs that you hear out of heaven that I've written for earth that no man has ever heard before. Mm, yes. I wrote them in heaven for the earth, but no one went to the secret place long enough. So always uh, for me in spontaneous and prophetic worship is leave time for just that song to come forth that would be the song of the moment. And you talk about atmospheric change and helping people. When you can sing a song that is speaking right to their circumstance or situation, and bro, I want to see thousands of worship leaders around the globe, and this is the community of the royal priesthood, the singing, prophesying worship leaders that will bring, the, release the anointing of his presence that is transformational. And I believe this will help the Lord come back again, however you believe on the second coming. But I'm believing for, you know, thousands of worship leaders, Africa, Argentina, underground church that know how to do spiritual songs as it's stated right out of Colossians 3.16. Kent, would you pray again for us, release that, whatever is on your heart, whatever you feel led to pray over the people at home? Awesome, man. Father, we come again in the name of Jesus, and we settle for a moment and say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the day and the hour of recovery, of restoring the breach and where things have been interrupted, it's alignment. Alignment is coming now that we will live worship as a lifestyle, and then power and fruit will be released at the highest levels. And this is for every person, Lord. I'm not saying just for worship leaders, but everyday believers are going to operate at a higher realm of your glory because of your presence and understanding of how to flow in it on a daily basis. I live for this, Lord, and we all live for this, that we would see your glory and your power in everyday life. I love all of our radio listeners, God, and I say, saddle up your horses. It, it, it's time to blaze a trail for you so your kingdom come, 
your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray it, Father, in Jesus' name, and God bless everyone. Amen. And you've been listening to Messianic Vision with our guest, Kent Henry. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get this special offer. The Lord gave Kent Henry this instruction. Kent, teach my body how to intermingle praise with prayer and worship with intercession. And that's exactly what he does in his book, Streaming in Heaven's Flow. This is literally a guidebook into the very presence of God. You will also receive Kent's anointed worship CDs, Fly in Your Presence, and Songs of Prayer and Intercession. Call now for Kent's book, Streaming in Heaven's Flow, and his two anointed worship CDs, Fly in Your Presence, and Songs of Prayer and Intercession, for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. one 800 447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Kent Henry's book, Streaming in Heaven's Flow, and his two anointed worship CDs, Fly in Your Presence and Songs of Prayer and Intercession, offer number 9583 for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. Be sure to ask for offer number 9583. Once again, that's offer number 9583.